you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks presented by Castrol Edge. DJ and Bucky back with you today. And I know we have a, a big weekend of football coming up. We've got the playoffs, the wild card round. And you can go to a lot of different podcasts and find the preview for that wild card round. We want to do something a little different today. Uh, we want to get a chance as teams are hiring coaches and general managers. And you think about what you're looking for there from a, 
a leadership standpoint, somebody to be at the front of the team as a head coach or as a general manager. So we, we wanted to come up with a guest we thought could offer some tremendous insight of of what it looks like and uh, and what these teams should be looking for. And couldn't think of a better one than this one. It's Chris Peterson, um, who I'm sure you guys are familiar with, um, was really unbelievable with the run he had at Boise State. He then goes to the University of Washington, uh, wins a couple Pac-12 titles there, has a ton of success there as well. Uh, really viewed as, as one of the best coaches in the country, regardless of level, and then decided really in his prime uh, to walk away, to step away from coaching. And uh, we wanted to catch up with him and find out what he was up to and see if we couldn't get some insight into what these owners should be looking for and head coaches and general managers. And I think you guys are going to really dig this conversation. Uh, here is our visit with Chris Peterson. All right, Buck, excited to have a good friend back on the show again. We get a chance to meet with him uh, just about every year at the Pac-12 Media Days, and, and really we look forward to catching up with him today. It's Coach Chris Peterson uh, joining us. Coach, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm, uh, I'm hanging in there good, and I hope you guys are too. No, absolutely. We're, we're going to get into uh, some some team building, culture building, as as all these NFL teams are starting to try and uh, start fresh here going forward. And we thought you'd be a great resource to tap into on, on that front. But before we get there, what have you been up to, man? We, we're curious. What have you been up to? Well, I've been hiding out in Seattle a little bit. Um, so I'm I'm still affiliated with the university. I'm I'm working. I'm doing some stuff um, with our business school. Um, there's a kind of endowed leadership position over there. So I do different different type of stuff, mentoring some MBAs. Um, I'm not teaching a class right now. Uh, it might be something down the road. But, um, you know, I do some different projects with professors. I've been, uh, besides that, I've been doing a little bit of consulting with some coaches, <laughs> trying to navigate through this crazy time. And uh, <clears throat> working on, you know, I had this built-for-life philosophy kind of throughout my coaching career. It was kind of the heart and core of like what we were trying to do with our, our, our players and just working on tightening that curriculum up a little bit and, you know, figuring out what I'm, where I'm going to share that down the road with people. You know, coach, I think it's interesting that you have that connection with the business school, because I think so many coaches look towards business books and leadership books to try and figure out how to create their cultures. When you were a coach, did you consult some of those books or how did you come about Developing your leadership philosophy. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you this. Um, yes, if you saw my office here. <laughs> so, but, you know, I had a coach. Um, I had a Hall of Fame coach. It was uh, played at UC Davis. And Jim Soaker, who since passed away, is in the Hall of Fame. And I remember this. Um, 30 years ago, he told me, we were talking about leadership one day, and he said, Leadership is an art form that's created on a moving canvas. You'll never completely capture it, but that doesn't mean you can't create a work of art. Ooh, I love that. And I remember thinking that, you know, I mean, when he said it to me, I'm like, what's he talking about? <laughs> My first thought was, well, I'm going to capture this. Like, yeah. you know, you're competitive. It's like, I'm going to figure this leadership out. I mean, I, yeah. you know, the quarterback thing, I played quarterback way back in the day and you're trying to figure out how to do these things. And after 30 years, you know, I really understand what that thing's all about. It is like, it is so impossible to truly capture. It's like an itch that won't go away. And there's so many different mm -hmm. styles and, you know, sizes and, and ways to get things done that. Um, so I've been after this thing for a long, long time, trying to figure out exactly, you know, 
I think there's techniques. I think there's strategies. I think there's ways that you can um, understand leadership. And then you got to bring your unique skills, you know, to the table authentically every day. And it is uh, it is a challenge. There's no question about it. But um, yeah, I, I you know it's something that we locked in hard in our programs, and I really you know took that leadership piece very very serious in our program. Coach, I want to hit on that word authentically because we've talked about it before. When we've looked at guys that haven't been successful um, at the NFL levels, it, we've pointed to that a little bit of, of man, they're trying to be you know a junior version of somebody else instead of just being who they are. How how speak to that? How just important it is that that you're yourself and your authentic self if you're trying to to lead an organization, really any sport or any business. Yeah. So, you know, when I start talking about this leadership thing. You know, it's so complicated. There's so many different avenues that we could go down. But I always think about when I when I talk about to start with with people, the thing that makes the most sense to me is I, I call it the paradox of leadership. And the paradox of leadership basically says there's only two rules you need to pay attention to. Rule number one, it's about others. Mm-hmm. Right. It's about inspiring and empowering others. It's about service and sacrifice for others. It's about being there to help others do what they want to do. Like, I think that's certainly young leaders. Like, it's like, okay, I'm the leader now. Everybody follow me. And it's like, wait, it won't work like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were there to help them get done what they're trying to get done and what your organization's trying to get done. And that's that takes a minute to figure that out. So that's rule number one. Paradoxically, Rule number two says, no, leadership is only about you. (laughs) It's only, you know, about you bringing your most authentic gifts to the table, to the arena every Mm -hmm. day. It's about self-awareness, emotional intelligence. It's about understanding your triggers that can kind of set you off different ways. It's about what I'd say performing in the storm. Like, I really think that, you know, I think it's pretty easy to be a leader when it's all good. But when the adversity hits, how do you handle that? Everybody else is losing their mind. How do you handle that? And it's about it's about growth and change in you and your program, people around you. So that that really it took me a long time to kind of latch on to that because I was always thinking, like, why why won't they do just do what I say, you know, just. Do what I say and you, you'll be fine. And it's not about that. It's about like me showing up authentically with the, you know, whatever my gifts are, which are completely different than everybody else. And they're probably few and far between, but everybody has a few. And, 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 and really like if I can show up with my best and then push those to support others, mm-hmm. that's a great starting point for me when I think about leadership. You know, Coach, you mentioned something that I think happens every year, and I, I, I know great coaches understand this. Every year there's some kind of storm that you must navigate through to get to the other side to have success. And it may be a player, it may be an issue that you have with the scheme, but there's always something that you have to deal with from an adversity standpoint that you have to overcome. How do you prepare yourself and your team to deal with those rough moments that may come while still maintaining the course when it comes to how you plotted out the season? I, I really think it has to do with, um, you know, what your program is. It's training the, that mindset. Mm-hmm. 
I, I love this. I love to watch any championship that is that is um, earned, whether it's the Lakers last year, whether it's you know the Super Bowl champions, whether it's the NCAA cha- and and if you listen to them, this would be my next project maybe down the road. And I would just get all these clips of them being interviewed on the phone or excuse me on the field after the game, whether it's the baseball team, whatever, and like clockwork. Everybody says the same thing. We've been through so much. This has been so hard. They have tears in their eyes. I don't, you know, I'm so proud of the team. Like we stuck together. Like nobody ever says, wow, that was so great. It was, it was really easier than we thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and you think from the outside, you know, that you'd be the best team and, you know, the Lakers do their – the Lakers, they said it. Like, I literally again. So I can't remember who it was. The player or the coach said, I just can't believe what we've been through. And we got this done with COVID and all those things. So it's like, that's just part of the, the gig. And those, like, I always think about this. Sports, you know, certainly football, but I think you can say sports in general. It's, it's about random events and setbacks. That's mm-hmm. the game. So whoever can handle those things the best, and just be resilient and keep ha- – and so, like, you have to know that's coming. You have to train for that. You have to get your mind right. You have to practice that and practice – you have to set up and practice where they're failing and have them keep working through that. And, you know, and I really think that. The teams that handle that the best, that's why I was getting to that performing in the storm. Like, it's all good when it's good. Mm-hmm. You know, I love being a leader when it's all good. I mean, it is tough when it's like, wait, this, this didn't go like we thought it was going to be. I mean, your stomach's like, you know, got 17 knots in it, and you're like, oh, now what? What do I say now? That's what it's all about. Coach, this is so great, man. I, I want to tap in a little bit on the player side of things as we're going through the evaluation process. Um, I think back to the job you did at Boise and at Washington, not only bringing in really good players, but then developing them and, and making them a better version of themselves. Give, what's a great question? You know, we get a chance. We can all watch a tape. We can all see these guys play. Um, we can we can put 40s on. We can get all the numbers, all that stuff on the, on the paper. When you get a chance to visit with these guys, obviously it's important to get to know them. What's a great question that you had when you were trying to recruit guys and learn about them? <clears throat> yeah, I think I think that's <laughs> yeah. I think that you're on the right track there. It is about like asking the right questions, mm-hmm. and the questions to me come about what we're trying to find in players or in coaches, like whoever's going to join our organization. Like you have to know who fits you. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody talks about that, but what are you talking about? Like, what is the fit? Mm -hmm. Well, I want really good players. Okay. Check that. (laughs) But there's got to be some other things that go along with this. And so, you know, I always kind of thought about it broken down into like, um, Bucky, we were talking earlier, you know, the guys that we talked about, we forever, we call them OKGs, yep. our kind of guys. And people really mistook that, mistook that word, this OKG. They really thought it was just, um, you know, really good guys that swear yeah. away and came from. Never made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, never. Exactly. Like this. And it's, and they're like, you can't win with that. And I'm like, what? You can't win with what? Like guys that fit you? So they didn't understand how detailed we were in breaking it down and the questions we would ask. So we had, you know, we wanted to know, like, so we had, a, I almost thought about it in, in different ways. There was like performance character and then there was relational character. Mm-hmm. 
And so there were certain, so, you know, I, we really want to know how passionate and how much a kid really loved the game. Mm-hmm. Well, we were going to ask questions off that mm-hmm. to the kid, to his parents, to the coaches that surrounded him. Does he really love the game or does he love the recruiting process that comes with this? Because everybody loves that, mm-hmm. you know, that, and it's really easy to get those things Everybody loves playing seven on seven now because they want to post a highlight of them being making these great plays and everybody liking it. Like, are you doing this because you love the game and you love working your craft and you love improving? Or do you love all the stuff that comes with it? Like, what's more important in this thing? And they think it's all about football, but then when they get to a program, you know, like Washington or wherever, and you put them through the grinder, it's like, Holy smokes. I, you know, on the setbacks and the invert, I'm not sure if I really like this coach. (laughs) I know you're trying to find these questions. You know, so it's like, so the questions are like for us, it's like, okay, how driven is he truly for this, this, you know, the passion and love of the game? How competitive is this person? Uh, How tough is he? And when I talk about toughness, you know, it's like, it's, yeah, there's a physical component to it, but I don't really think about it like that. You know, I think about it as how do they handle setbacks and adversity? Um, you know, so anyway, yeah, we can go on and on. I love it. No, coach, it, that's that's so fascinating because we're at a time, I mean, not only in college, but in the pros where certain jobs require a program builder is what you say. Other jobs require like play callers and tacticians, but other places require a program building. And watching how you built the program at Boise, but really how you built Washington, what are the core traits needed to really build a program? Yeah, um, you're right. I mean, the one thing, Bucky, that 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 I always, you know, believed in, in, in like paying attention to the teams that um, really did well, like a few of the special teams I was on, some good teams, a couple teams that were like, ah, man, I think we underachieved. Mm-hmm. And I always felt this, that, you know, the team, your team, your organization is going to rise to the level of leadership that you provide and really the culture that you build. Like, I've always believed that. And, you know, at the end of the day, when the dust would settle and I would look back on the season and it didn't maybe go as well as I thought it would, and I did some soul searching, I really knew that was on me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, man, how do I get off? I've been doing this so long, and how did I how did I get off track on these things? Mm-hmm. But I think it starts with, like, leadership, and I think it, it starts with, like, creating, like, inspired leadership. So, again, that's a whole other topic, like, what does that look like, right? Yeah. I think it – I think I, – I, you know, everybody wants to talk about culture, and I – in some ways don't like the word at all because it's just so overused and it's just numbing Mm -hmm. and everybody talks the same thing. And so few people really do it. I like to think about like this, like culture, culture to me is more of the long game. You know, that's developing like these habits and these traits and character, the character skills, like the built for life stuff that I was talking about. And um, there was a, there was a GM, in the NBA that said, that said this, when he was asked, you know, what's, what's your job here? And he said, my job is to create an environment where people can do their best work. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I heard that and I'm like, 
That's brilliant. Like how simple is that? And you think about that when you go to work every day, if you're in the leader, you know, we're all leaders, right? The position coaches are leaders of their groups and everybody's got their, you know, their, their area, their, their responsibility that they own. Like, are you creating this environment where the people that are you're working with can just, you can unleash their talent and let them go to work. And then I think it's about creating a disciplined strategy. You know, you got, everybody's got to have a strategy. How do we, how are we going to win in this business? And then when I, I use the word discipline, because it's easy to get off track, you know, you got to keep adjusting and tweaking because we know random events and things. And okay, now this is different than what we thought. We got to keep evolving it, but we're going to stay disciplined to the process and to the things that we think really we hang our hat on. And then the last piece is, is the learning piece. I mean, you have to continually just ask the questions, right, Daniel? I mean, it's about asking the questions and like, okay, so, and when you're asking these great questions, I think you're always learning. Coach, I think we're, we're about the same age um, and, you know, come up playing the quarterback position. You're around how how the game has been taught and how coaches handle situations. And I feel like it's changed a little bit just with the difference in, in how kids are coming up nowadays where you talk about the standard, right? You have your universal standard that we're going to have as a program. But I feel like now more than ever, maybe the individual instruction, you know, like it's not just that you got to have the one message, you have your standards, but then I feel like these kids, you got to, some guys need something different from from the guy next to him. Have you noticed that at all? The change where you can't just have kind of a one size fits all for these kids, where you you're gonna have to reach one kid one way and another kid a different way. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You know it is different. It's like you know the good the good old days. Get one. <laughs> I'm the coach. That's why that's why it works. Just pay attention. Yeah. It's like now. It's like wait, 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 what? You know, there's so much more. They're they're educated so much more, and there's. You know, they're coached at a higher level by the time we get them and they've seen different things. But even just mentally, like, um, you know, certain guys learn different ways. But to me, the whole leadership thing, and again, like, I will tell you this, like, I, I think the the NBA, you know, the NBA is kind of interesting to me. And, and certainly the NFL, but the NBA and those coaches, because in the NBA, the players have all the power mm -hmm. they have it mm -hmm. so the very best coaches they learn to win influence they're not used they you can't use the power trip the power tools yeah. so to speak work it <laughs> yeah and you look at those guys that are doing those things you know the spolstras and brad stevens and all i mean those guys are phenomenal they just mm -hmm. earn that trust and respect and win influence with their guys Pete Carroll and, you know, all the best of the best. That's what they do. You know, you look in college and certainly in high, a lot of it is still a little bit of that, you know, I'm the coach, this is why we're going to do it. And, but you see like what you're talking about is it's kind of changing. The, the times mm -hmm. are changing. And, and really, I think in a lot of ways, you have to be much more skilled as a coach to put this team together because everybody is different. They know more. And I think it's, I think in a lot of ways it's, it's for the good. You know, there's, there's certain things I think are changing for the bad. And we can talk about social media and the comparison thing and the transferring and like a, a lot of stuff like hold on here. Yeah. But in terms of how to lead people and how to treat people and get the best out of them, understand really, like we talked about that word authentic, right? What makes this the guy, what makes Johnny tick is going to be different than make, what makes Jimmy tick. Yeah. And good coaches figure that out. 
You know, Coach, it's funny that you bring about the developmental model. One of the teams that you mentioned, you talked about Eric Spolstra. I'm fascinated by the Miami Heat and their way of developing players. And Daniel was asking a question where it kind of really centered on how do you develop players and the skills that a coach is necessary? And thinking about the quarterback position, it is the most difficult position to play and to coach. And so in a perfect world, how do you believe like a coach could create a developmental model to allow coach players to really be at their best? Because it's not a one size fits all position, but you have a lot of talented players that can play if you cater things a certain way. Yeah. You know, I, what I just try to do is, you know, I, I go back and I try to look at the guys that are the best of the best that have played the longest and, um, you know, and study those guys. And then you kind of couple that with some of the, you know, the best coaches, you know, I, I just, you know, the guy right now is obviously Tom Brady and how driven. And I mean, after all these years, his whole, that was the first thing I talked about, right. Trying to find those. Okay. Jesus, like how passionate there's nobody more driven and passionate about the game than this guy. And it's been going on for 20 plus years. Are you kidding me? And then, so, you know, you, these guys bring these, these, they got to bring something to the table. that's kind of special. And then you, and then you pair them with that special leader that's there to support and develop these skills and understand the game. And then it goes back to the paradox of leadership, right? It's like these really great leaders and coaches are there to support these guys. I will tell you this unbelievable story. So this was like two years ago, I think the saints, the saints were playing, uh, I think they had just played, um, the Rams, and they didn't want to go back home because they, then they played the Seahawks, so they want to stay on the West Coast. They play the Rams. I think it was. It could have been the Chargers, but the Rams. That's the game that, that Drew Brees, you know, breaks his thumb. Yeah, yeah. So I go the there on Monday. The Saints are there. I go down to the field. They're practicing. I go to say hello to Sean Payton, and 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 I'm feeling bad. You know, they lost their star, and I kind of tiptoe. Hey, Sean, how you doing? And, Hey, really sorry to hear about Drew Brees. He's like, yeah, it's a bummer. I'm like, man, oh, you know, I'm like feeling sorry for, I'm feeling sorry for him. And he's like, coach, we're good. This is what we get paid for. This is exciting. We'll get Teddy going. I mean, Teddy's a great player. We're, we're going to get him going. I mean, and it's, and he met, and he went on for five minutes about how, like, and I walked away thinking, no way. <laughs> they won the next five games. Yeah. They won them all. Yeah. And so it's that combination of obviously a really good player, you know, he's Teddy Bridger got a lot of talent and then that support and that belief and that mindset, it was phenomenal. I mean, in that five minute conversation we had about that, I walked away from that conversation inspired as a coach. Coach, you, you mentioned Tom Brady and Bucky and I talk about this all the time when we look at quarterbacks that have kind of hit and then have struggled. Right. So you have trying to figure out, man, the, the skill sets look the same. Um, you look at the training is, is similar. This guy makes it. This guy doesn't. And we kind of came up with this image of of Tom Brady. And if you've seen him before of him on vacation with his family on a beach with his shoulder pads on going through drops on the beach on vacation. And I'm like, this is not, he doesn't turn this off. Like this is always on. And that to me, when we try and figure out why, why this one hit and this one missed, man, it seems like nine times out of 10, it is, it's a commitment. It's a drive. It's a work ethic. It's a passion thing more than it is anything other than, you know, a skill type thing. There's no question. I mean, he's a one percenter, you know, you can yeah. say whatever. I mean, everybody would say like you watch his, 
you know, his combine video way, like how he runs his physical tools. It's not about that. It's so obvious. Mm-hmm. It's that drive. It's that like, how about how every time after they have a loop, like when he was with the Patriots and they had, you know, a bad loss or something, everybody's ready to write him off or two. You could just see the fire in his eyes oh, yeah. with Tampa Bay. You know, one of the podcasts that, that, that I love to listen to, it's how I built this. Oh, it's my favorite. Well, so the thing is, like, you can listen to five of those, yeah, and it's the same traits. Yep. Like, it's roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, and they just figure out how what the next move is. And that's what I think about the you know the great quarterbacks or the great competitors. Like, most of us would tap out. Like, this is too. Uh, I'm a, I can't get the you know. So many people were probably thinking about inventing great things, but they ran out of money and they, you know, like regulation, you can't do it. Not those guys. They figure out the next move and they're always on their like last straw. And then this happened. And then this happened. And it's kind of the same characteristics. It's like the flywheel. It's also that's by the way, the book is out. You got to read the book on how I built this book. I'm almost finished with it. It's phenomenal, coach. You'll love it. But but it's also the same thing as the flywheel, right? It's like the good to great with Jim Collins where he talks about it takes forever to pull that wheel. But, man, once you can get that thing spinning, you know, then you're off and running. It t- it's, it's, it's the tough part to get to that point. Uh, once you get that thing spinning, you're, you're good. Absolutely. Good to great, one of the top three. Bit. I, I don't even like to, you know, use the word business books because I think it applies to <laughs> teams and organizations. So I love it. No. You know, Coach, one of the last things, this is interesting. I think you can relate to it as a coach. Ron Rivera had a situation where he talked about, I want guys who love pro football, not guys who love being professional football players. And to me, my interpretation was, I want people on my team that are deeply invested in winning as I am. Do you agree with that sentiment? How does that, how does that resonate with you? I, I think it goes back to the number one thing we were talking about. It's that driver passion for the game. They just are driven. Like there's, you know, you can talk about whatever you want about pro football and the money they're making. The special ones, you know, are there for the drive. You can just feel it. You can just see it in how they come to work every day. It's like you said, being on the beach with your shoulder pads on. I will tell you this. Like I saw this way back when, when we were at Washington with Buda Baker. Mm. I would love to take credit for that guy in terms of, man, we really fixed his mentality and, you know, I got him right. And, and that, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's like 170 some pounds. He's probably going to be mad at me because he's going to say he's more than that, but like he's one <laughs> of the best safeties in the NFL at 170, whatever yeah. pounds. But this guy, you should have, okay. So in practice, every day we walk out of our tunnel, if we were going to practice on our practice field, the DBs would be at the far end the far end of the field. That's where they ran their individuals, warmed up before we stretched and all this stuff. Half the guys would walk across the field, dragging their helmet. Here we go. getting. Their... Buddha would strap his helmet up in the corner of the tunnel, and he'd sit there for about a minute or two, getting himself. And he would not leave until he was ready. And then he would sprint <laughs> every single day, sprint to where his guys were all straggling in. And that is how he practiced every day for the time that we had him. And then he goes to the NFL, you know, in the first year, again, he's just underside guys, makes the Pro Bowls a rookie that is like, he, he just shouldn't do all these things we're talking about. 
Then next year, he's an all-pro safety at 170-plus. I, I, I'm sorry, Buddha. Yeah. <laughs> he just didn't be doing it. And you watch him play with that energy and that focus and that drive. That's what they do. All those great players have that in common. It, 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 it brings up an interesting point is that this is going to be the most challenging draft because – Scouts have been locked out of, of facilities. They haven't been able to get out there to practice. I mean, I could give you a million stories of guys. I remember going to Cal watching Cam Jordan uh, conditioned in a morning practice with the receivers, you know, as a 290-pound defensive lineman. Well, that's a note that I that I take that it, it gives you a clear picture of who this guy is as a guy, not just who he is as a player. Man, it's going to be a difficult challenge for teams this year because of that that practice information coach that we get going there and watching your guys work coaches can tell you things and that's great, but you might, you might not get those type of anecdotes that, that can really help in your evaluation process. Yeah. There, there's nothing like, you know, you just don't know till you get a guy on your team. Yeah. And so the next best thing is go watch him be on his team. Yeah. But I always believe like th- this is the issue that we had in recruiting. Like um, we weren't going to be able to see every single guy every year live. Mm-hmm. We just wouldn't. We maybe might watch hours and hours of tape, but there's nothing like being live. Yeah. But we would always hang our hat on on this mantra. I mean, I, I believe this so to the core that we would always say recruits. So you can replace that with pro prospects, whatever. Yeah. Recruits will tell you who they are. Mm-hmm. You just need to believe them. Yeah. And it goes back to your questions. Like you got to ask the questions to the coach, to the coaches, to the, you know, to anybody surrounding him, have those converse. And it, it's really apparent that like what, like you can start to feel this, like yeah. it's not really a lot of times a mystery, you know, you just, you got to spend enough time asking the questions and being around, you know, spending time. Last thing, Coach, I'll let you run. You've been very generous with your time today. It's been great to catch up. But, man, I can I hear your passion coming through. You've got so much to offer, and you're doing it in a really cool way and working with students and, and coaches. Is, is there still an itch there for you at all on the coaching front? Um, well, there's certainly an itch on the coaching front, but, I, but that could be much different than being on the sidelines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is. Um, so – there's no question I'm very passionate about a lot of things. And, and that's kind of where I'm figuring out. Like at this point, you know, you never say never. I've learned that long ago. I've seen all the coaches. I'm not doing that. And they do it tomorrow. You know, <laughs> <laughs> what I think is, is at that point, they really didn't believe they were going to do that. And then things yeah. changed. And so I've yeah. learned that long ago. But I'm really interested in, and excited to figure out maybe that next river to step into, yeah. you know. And challenge myself in different ways. You know, I've been a coach for 30, you know, 33 years of coaching straight. And it's like, it's been awesome. And I've loved it in the relationships. But I think there could be something else that could challenge me in a different way, but still use all the experiences and the things that I've learned to help others. Well, it's been awesome to catch up with you. We've got, again, as we do every time we talk with you, we've got eight <laughs> pages of notes. So uh, we, we appreciate you so much, man. It's It's been great to get to know you over the years, and uh, hopefully we'll do this again real soon. We appreciate you. I appreciate you guys. Stay safe, and thanks for having me on. Well, it was phenomenal. I, I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as we did. One of the – really one of the best guests we, we've ever had here on the show. He's as humble and as smart and as driven as anybody you will ever talk to. You can see why if you're a business 
um, man, bring this guy in. Let, let him uh, let him work with your people. Let him teach your people because he gets it. And I think these teams looking for GMs and coaches would be wise to uh, heed the advice that he uh, doled out there during that conversation. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoy a great weekend of football. We will be back Monday to recap it all on the recap episode with with Rhett and Bucky. Uh, and then we'll get a chance to really start marching towards the draft, start getting into some of these college players that are going to be uh, uh, making the leap here to the NFL level. Look forward to that that and those conversations. That's going to do it for us today. Appreciate you guys hanging with us. Appreciate you listening to Move the Sticks, presented by Castrol Edge. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.